while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. The Off-Air Podcast. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so, um, welcome back to South Coast tonight. I think Jess has been a nice addition. I, 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 I welcome Jess's addition to the show regularly. Never actually. doing this again. I appreciate I it. I really appreciate. I really appreciate. You, you like I'm doing the boards for I, you. And by the way, no, no, I just want to tell you one thing, Jess. Next time, no cream in my coffee. All right, but <laughs> but, but, but other than that, other than that, you've been perfect. Go ahead, Jess. I appreciate you stepping up for us. It's it's really. <laughs> He's joking, but I actually did carry joking. his tea over I'm to this room, by the way. I, I, you, see, I mean it. That's because I'm, I'm disabled. <laughs> but thanks to pointing guys. out to the audience. All right, guys. That's also part of my demographic. You like guys, the handicap? Listen, hey, reel, reel it in. We've got an interview. So, listen, we're... With a vampire? <laughs> no, we don't have an interview with a... Ra- we, we have an interview. That's, that's the 31st. What's the 31st? Halloween. Come on, man. Work with me. Interview with a vampire. It's not. It's not even October yet. So there's no welcome back. To, in, in anyway, anyway, guys, <laughs> welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. We're here with Jess Machado and Christopher McCarthy. Okay, and we're joined. Wait, we, my we mom had just the, showed up. We had the sheriff <laughs> using my full name. <laughs> we had the sheriff. We had the we had the sheriff on Sheriff Tom Hodgson to talk about some of the debate controversy. Now we have his opponent, Attleboro Mayor Paul Haru, who's on with us now. Hey, Mayor Haru, how are you doing? Just fine. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, um, so can you uh, sort of explain? You know, you sent out a statement um, that uh, was, I think, mistaken uh, about which debates Hodgson had chosen, which he had not chosen uh, to to um, to participate in. Can you just explain that? Yeah. So, it, putting it in its simplest terms, I sort of botched the um, the messaging. And, you know, we, I recognized that we had the debate with, um, WPRI. We recognized that at the bottom. And, um, but, you know, the problem was that the way I started off the press release, and it was, uh, drafted by several people, and, you know, but I'm ultimately responsible because I was the person to sign off on it. But the, um, the, the first sentence basically says Hodgson refuses to debate. And that's true, but it's not all debate. And that's not what I was saying. You know, it was uh, frustrating that Hodgson um, had, you know, refused to participate in the NAACP forum that he was invited to. And I've seen the invitation. Um, he was, uh, he, you know, didn't want to participate in the League of Women Voters. And then he had agreed to participate with Jack Spillane. And then um, he withdrew from that. And so that was why my comment was what it was with the WPRI one stating, you know, well, you know, who knows if he'll you know, withdraw from that, too. So it was, um, you know, it, the it was frustrating that he especially wouldn't participate with the NAACP and the League of Women Voters for reasons I identified in the uh, press release. Which are? Uh, uh, so, well, I mean, let's take the NAACP, for example. I mean, it, you know, even though Hodgson says it wasn't a Confederate flag tie, it absolutely is. I mean, it's part of the series. What proof do you have wait of that? Wait a second, wait a second. He's wearing a Confederate flag tie? Does his black grandson know that? Yeah, I mean, it, it Does was, he? This- Can you believe, listen to me, Maya, Maya. Do you understand the, 
the sheriff has a black grandson, and you're accusing him of wearing a Confederate racist tie. What kind of a human being are you? Um, I'm somebody who's seen it with my own eyes, and it was reported on W. You saw what? What did you see? I saw the photo of it. It was part of a series created by Stephen Harris. Now, do you want to debate me? If you want to, just go ahead and join Hodgson's team. That's fine with me. <laughs> that that, that but, ship sailed a long time ago, <laughs> sweetheart. So, um, listen... He's got a grandson who's a minority, and you're accusing his grandfather of being a racist? What's wrong with you? Hey, well, if you're a Republican, you're going to say a lot. If you're a Democrat, you're probably going to have to say much. But well, know, I don't even the, think uh, a Democrat could could counter that any better. I mean, he has a son that a grandson that is a minority. I mean, he can't quite possibly, you know, even just in a family perspective. Why would he disrespect well, his family in such a manner? Well, I mean. Just, just look. Do a Google search on it. You'll find. You'll see the tie yourself. But I'm asking you, why would he disrespect his family by wearing a Confederate flag tie? Why would he why do would that? He just, so a red, white, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I just want to hear what he just says. Just asked him a question. Then Chris tried to uh, harangue him a bit. Let him answer the question. Well, you know, you're going to have to ask Hodgson that because he won't apologize for it. But Stephen Boy, Harris please. created the series of types. Would you stop interrupting me, please? My God, you're rude. So um, It's going to get better. Come on, sweetheart. Let's go. <laughs> Jeez. So, you know, basically, you know, he won't apologize for that. We have a disproportionate uh, uh, percentage of people of color locked up, you know, in uh, jail and, you know, prison throughout the country. And Bristol County is no different. Um, you know, so that, you know... The NAACP is uh, a group that, you know, has uh, like a constituency that wants to talk to the sheriff. And, you know, he declined to you know participate in that. Then you also have the League of Women Voters. Now, women pre- uh, present very different challenges than uh, men. You know, they are like I, I worked in jail. I worked in prison. And despite what Hodgson says, I was not an administrative aide. I mean, gosh, it obviously doesn't, doesn't know anything about what I do. But, um, you know, women, though, when they present in in jail or prison, you know, they come in with a lot more medical needs. They've been psychologically abused, physically abused, mentally abused, sexually abused. You know, they're they're um, you know, they're oftentimes the caregivers. So participating in the League of Women Voters uh, forum is also important. So it was frustrating that he was basically, you know, kind of not responding to those you know requests for participation and you know so i it was for me it was frustrating and that's why I is the is the suggestion up. is the suggestion that he's not participating in those forums because he doesn't care to speak to the populations those forums purport to represent um that's a question for him so you know, marcus let me ask you a question did, did sheriff Haru, i mean and i'm just i'm giving you a wow. promotion wow no, no. Listen, i'm giving you <laughs> yeah. a promotion the, no, well, first of all, I was a little rough on him at the beginning. But yes, you were. Rafael Pizarro, he sent out the invitations to the NAACP event, correct? Yeah, I believe he was. Uh, and that, is he a member of your campaign? Yeah. Um, he works my team, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why would Tom Archer go to a debate, which you said is put on by the NAACP, when your campaign is literally sending out the invitations to it? Come on, Sheriff. You, wow. You, sheriff. Mayor. You, Look at that. Come on, Mayor. Come on, Mayor. You have... You're touting your education. I believe you're a very bright guy. I think you're nuanced in some of your positions in a way that I don't agree with. But that being said, you are an intelligent man. You know that you wouldn't accept a debate from one of Tom Hodgson's staffers, would you? 
I mean, come on. Rafael Pizarro helped draft you into this race because he's a, he's the leader of Bristol County criminal justice. And you're coming on acting like Tom is not going to go to the NAACP debate because he has a Confederate tie. It's ridiculous. Objection, counsel's testifying. Actually, can I just ask, would you issue an apology right now for that uh, that Hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. couple of things. One, Chris asked a question. Let him answer Oh, I didn't know there was a question. Yeah, Chris asked him a question. Marcus is the lawyer for the foot. Well, 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 hold on. I like like it. It's flow. It's good flow. Yeah, I was asking, I mean, I was asking Hodgson questions, but we didn't have two people haranguing him at once. So... Chris asked him a question. Why would Sheriff Hodgson accept a debate from Raphael Pizarro, who is part of Paul Haru's team? Uh, Mayor. It was a um, a forum that was put on by the NAACP, not Paul Haru's campaign team. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's... it's But Raphael Pizarro is part of your campaign team. In fact, he drafted you. You told Marcus that. He and Bristol County for Criminal Justice Reform... Yeah, they, but he's not part of that forum, you know. If but he's, he's the, the one person. organizing it and setting out the invitation. No, no, no. I, I don't think he's the one organizing. You just it. told I, us I, he was. No, I did not say that. Don't put words in my mouth. I, he he basically. Fortunately, this is taped. Fortunately, this is taped. Marcus, okay, Marcus, did Raphael send out the invitation? My God, this guy interrupts. Again, again, you keep interrupting him. But listen, I didn't put words in your mouth. You said to me, and I know Raphael sent him. Marcus, did Raphael send him out? Ask, ask Mayor Roo. He just said it. Okay. And you know he did, too. But he's not putting on the forum himself, though. Those are two different oh. statements, sir. Two different all statements. Right, I mean, right. The fact that he was the middle person between, you know, the NAACP and Hodgson doesn't mean that he's actually putting it on. Come on. I mean. But the reason the reason Hodgson gave, gave wasn't because uh, the, these people are a part of Haru's campaign. He said he didn't have time. So you're giving Hodgson a reason he didn't actually he didn't actually present himself. Well, I'm not sure what he knows that. What he's saying is, well, th- what Hodgson said was, I don't have time. He didn't say. You said, do you expect him to take a, an invitation from someone who's part of his campaign? But that's not a reason he gave. So you're giving Hodgson a, a justification he didn't put forward himself. So I guess. Well, I just so, want the voters so at home I guess to the, understand. So I guess the question. The subterfuge. So I so I guess the question is. Sarah Foxen says he doesn't have enough time. He's he's accusing you of maybe having too much time on your hands because he's he's accused you know he, he attacked your record as mayor. He said that you show up a few days a week. He said that you uh, were dishonest. Can you respond to that? Yeah. So one quarter at a time. So I heard him say that I am at work between I think he said eleven and three, and there are some days I am at City Hall between eleven and three. Uh, for example, there are, you know, like the, the day that w- Dan Paquette had asked me to participate in a debate on Channel 10, um, you know, that has not been solidified yet because we're, I'm still waiting on Dan to offer up a date that I'm actually not at City Hall. Um, so uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning, I actually go to the school department where I meet with the school superintendent. And that, you know, on other days at 10 o'clock, between 10 and noon, I'm with the DPW superintendent. We're driving around the city. So, you know, just just because you don't see my car there in the parking lot doesn't mean I'm not working. You know, there's like we have different departments. I'm responsible for 20 different departments and, you know, a budget that's $165 million, uh, which is a lot larger than Hodgson's budget. But, you know, that's kind of just silly for him to think that, oh, well, you know, the only work that Paul does is at City Hall. I mean, he was a city councilor for 10 years before he became sheriff, which, by the way, you do the math on that. He's been elected for 35 years. I've been elected for less than 10, and he's calling me the career politician. 
I mean, that's like the, the pot calling kettle black. I mean, that's just, that's ridiculous. You know, he's been elected 35 years. You know, that I've been elected for nine and a half years. I mean, well, nine and three quarters, I guess you could say. He's the career politician. You know, I'm the one who believes in term limits. I mean, he's a Republican who's, you know, wants to be sheriff for life. I campaigned on two, maybe three terms. And that was another point he made when he was on the phone. He said that I uh, was uh, like deceitful of some sort to the people of Attleboro. So let's look at that. In 2016, we lost 30 teachers, like 35 teachers in the school department. I was asked by countless parents to run for uh, mayor. So I, had, I was unopposed in 2016. Um, I didn't have an opponent. And so I, you know, just went, you know, was, you know, took, took my third term as uh, state representative. And then I made up my mind that I was going to run for mayor in March of 2017, which was three months into my third term. And that was because a lot of parents asked me to, like a lot of parents were asking, they said, Paul, well, you, know, you, you did, you did beat a seven term incumbent, right? You beat him and yeah. you beat him handedly. You got 55% of the vote. So again, again, people clearly weren't mad about you well, running for that exactly. race when you were state rep. I, I, I understand. Well, so now let's fast forward to 2021. And, well, actually, let me take one quick step back. When I ran for mayor, I told people I was not going to be mayor for life. Like Kevin Dumas was there for 14 years, and Judy Robbins was there for 12 years before him. Attleboro had two back-to-back mayors who were there that occupied 26 years, and that's just not right. So when I campaigned in 2017, I said, look, I'm going to do two, maybe three terms. And then in 2021, when I was knocking on doors, I knocked on 10,000 doors to win re-election, um, I told every single person that this will be my final term and that I will be running for something else. Uh, I, I did not know what I was going to run for. I was looking at several things. But then um, in the debate on WPRI, October 21st, with Ted Nisi and Tim White, they asked me this question twice. Paul, are you going to run for other office? And I answered it both times. And I put that on my Facebook page. And that debate is available online. And I said, yes, I will be running for something else while I am mayor. And they said, well, how can you do that? How can you run for mayor and do the job? I said, I'm doing that right now. I'm I'm campaigning full time. And I am doing the job of mayor. So all the work that is supposed to be getting done is getting done. You know, and I mean, like, again, Hodgson, the hypocrisy is, is just astonishing. He's criticizing me for... Uh, you know, taking time on, you know, some Fridays and some Mondays, you know, and I do go on Mondays, um, by the way, but he, he's saying, oh, Paul's campaigning when he should be working. Well, beg your pardon, Mr. Hodgson, but that debate for Channel 10 was offered up on a Thursday morning. So he's agreed to participate in that debate when he should be, according to him, by his standards, he should be working. But I actually have a meeting with the school superintendent at uh, 9 o'clock that morning. I have a meeting with the city collector at 10 o'clock and a meeting with the rec director at 11 o'clock that morning. So I told Dan Paquette, that morning is no good. I said, give me something else. So I haven't declined that. I'm still working on when the the date is going to happen. You know, but, I mean, we we could just keep going point, counterpoint all night. I mean, he doesn't present a fair, you know, because picture of what's actually going on I, I just don't think he knows or really cares all right um do you have anything yeah. else so um mayor haru <clears throat> um you had a pretty contentious final uh 
after the primary was over, right, where one of your opponents attacked you and said he can't vote for you. Have you and Nick Bernier worked that out? Have any of his supporters come over to you? Or is that pretty much where it was left, that Nick Bernier won't support you and neither will his supporters? Where is that now? Well, you know, so let's take a look at what happened in the primary, why that was, you know, for the, for the benefit of the viewers, our listeners, excuse me. In January, when I got into the race, and, and I didn't make up my mind about getting into this race and, um, until January. I truly didn't. Um, when Nick, when I got into the race, Nick had already been for a few months, and I reached out to Nick because we know each other about 10 years, and I said, Nick, let's not do anything that's going to hurt each other in a general election. And he agreed. So, and we had kept to that, and I believe that I stuck with that, even with the mailing that I did that he took issue with. The mailing that I did talked about things that he and George McNeil, who does support me and he does endorse me now, and actually George was at a, uh, a campaign event I had on Wednesday night. Um, but that, you know, Nick and George were in Taunton, for example, when I, at an event I was not present at, and they were going back and forth about their experience with uh, corrections or the lack thereof, their experience of law enforcement, um, you know, their uh, budgeting experience, all these things, these different points. And then on uh, WBSM, Marcus, on your own program, we talked about all of those points. Yeah. And I put those points in a mailing. Yes. And they were, they were, it was not negative, and none of that would have actually hurt Nick or George in a general I election. Agree with that. Yeah, we all, we all agreed with we that. Agree with that yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that, that was the... That was the um, agreement I had with Nick. We're not going to do anything that's going to hurt each other in a general election. And so, and I stand by that. What I put on my mailing was not going to hurt either one of them. In fact, me pointing out that George McNeil had voted in a Republican primary would actually help him in a, a general election. It would show he's more of a moderate. And, you know, George McNeil, by the way, he's a great guy. You know, I got nothing but good things to say about him. I, I think, you know, I think he, he, he's, I'm happy to have him, you know, supporting me now. Um, but Nick has not come around. Nick, um, sort of went on yeah. scorched earth afterwards. But yeah. the fact that, I mean, I'll, I'll even show you guys the screenshots of our conversations. No, I've seen them. Yeah. yeah I've I sent them to you. Right, right. Yeah. But, you know, so Nick actually, what his comments afterwards were 10 <clears throat> times worse than anything I did. I mean, his comments calling me a liar were just, you know, I mean, Paul lied about this, Paul lied. Yeah. I mean, Nick, I mean, it, it, he's, he and Hodgson are saying the same things, unfortunately. And I'll tell you, it, but it's what, I'm, not, I guess what I'm getting at, Paul, and I appreciate your answer and your honesty, the, um, is that don't you think you need at least, maybe not Nick's vote, but you need his supporters. He did really well. Um, he came in distance second. But, 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 but don't but, you really need his supporters to, if you're going to put a coalition together against Tom? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I hope they're going to come around. That's what the campaign is all about. And I hope they will, uh, you know, look at the message that I'm campaigning on. And actually, the, the messages between me, Nick, and George were not that dissimilar. In fact, when George spoke at my campaign event on Wednesday night, I was listening to him like, my God, this guy's saying the same things I am. I mean, good for him. I, I thought it was great. You know, but I, uh, it's, you know... I, I never asked for endorsements. I just don't. I, I, I stopped asking for endorsements in 2014. And in 2000. Well, the sheriff didn't ask for his endorsements. He said they were unsolicited. Well, that's fine. I mean, I've also received unsolicited endorsements. Like, I didn't ask. Have you shared those? I, I don't know. I didn't follow. Have you shared the unsolicited oh, endorsements? Don't say you don't follow on Facebook. You've trolled no, my I haven't. Page I haven't seen. I haven't <laughs> seen. I've seen your comments. So, and you're much nicer. 
You are much nicer on the radio than you were on my Facebook. <laughs> They're all like that. They're all like that, man. So I, so I have That's a difference between me and her. <laughs> so, so Paul, yeah, have, have you true. shared your have you shared your um, unsolicited um, endorsements on your Facebook I, page? I may have done some of them and not okay. others. Um, so I'll, I'll say what they are, though. Like, uh, I will, no, I wasn't example, asking for you to say what they are. I was just well, saying. Well, 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 you, well you got to let, let you got to let them say what they are now. You did ask. Oh, them I did. That. There's you, rules. You literally did ask them okay. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, just, just off the top of my head, um, you know, the uh, Southeastern uh, Labor Council endorsed me. The uh, and I didn't. I don't. I'm almost certain I didn't ask for that. Yeah. Um, Mansfield Democrats, the Fox Door Democrats, which is not even in Bristol County. Um, you know, the so, Bristol okay. County for Correctional <laughs> Justice. I ask for that. Uh, the uh, Coalition for Social Justice, oh, Working Families yeah. Party. Yeah, so, I mean, like, uh, and actually, another one that I got that I haven't, I have not publicized, but an endorsement from Maura Healy and Kim Driscoll. I, I, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, Do you, are you breaking news now? Yeah, I guess. I guess so. You should have uh, that's that excellent. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. That's Marcus that's just yeah, sat so, right up in his chair. Well, that's that's well, that's news. That's big news that you, just broke on our program. You you heard it here first, folks. You're right on. Yep, so there you go. So yeah, I mean, like I'm just not twenty five minutes in. We could, you should have led with that. I want to call you sheriff again, mayor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just like I, I've always, I always say. Endorsements don't win races. Hard work does. Now, That's having true. said that, endorsements do play a role in a race. They're sort of a validator. And quite honestly, Nick Bernier, um, I mean, I knocked on 11,000 doors during the primary. Uh, that, that's more than both of them combined by probably several factors. So the fact that Nick did as well as he did in some of the communities is a little bit of a learning uh, experience for me, to, which shows me, hey, maybe endorsements do matter more than I, I previously gave them credit for. Because well, that was a campaign propped up on endorsements, basically. Well, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I didn't have, I didn't announce any endorsements. I mean, it's just, it's just not something that I, I, you know, I don't really care about endorsements. I mean, I think that it's nice that people want to help out and stuff, um, you know, but it's just not something I've ever really been into. My, my endorsement is the people who vote for me, and you know, Hodgson, he was kind of taking, you know, cheap shots without even really recognizing. And Marcus, I think you called him out on this um, very politely, but, you know, is he calling into question the judgment of the voters of Attleboro? Because yeah. as a, I mean, I've been, I've had nine competitive races um, so far. This is my 10th against uh, Sheriff. And out of my nine competitive races, um, like only one of them was, you know, countywide. So I had eight competitive races in Attleboro where it was me versus somebody else on the ballot. And one time I got over 70%. I got 78%. Five times I got over sixty um, percent, uh, and you know the rest I got. Uh, you know I, I just I, I won the rest of them. May you know, so you know the the people of Attleboro. I mean I've got a good relationship with them. I'm not known for being a liar. That's not you know or being dishonest. In fact, I'm extremely transparent. I mean you, I think all three of you can go to my Facebook page and see that every day I well, almost every day I post today's work includes and I list it. Um, when I was a state rep, I put all of my committee votes online i was the only right. legislator to do listen, that listen listen mayor I, I i appreciate the questions but we got to take a break so i appreciate you coming on, oh, uh, looking, coming on. Thank I'm, you. yeah i'm looking forward to seeing you here um uh, on uh october 10th and then for the debate on october 19th all right sounds good look forward to you guys Thanks. Thanks. Me on and um talk to you again Thanks. great thanks bye 1420 wb we're ready we're back oh, okay the, okay um, so that was break so that was breaking news that was big news that was that was breaking news Actually, that uh, Paul Haru has gotten the endorsement of the uh, Democrat Attorney General, Governor, soon to be Governor Healy. What do you mean soon to be? 
Governor. Well, you think that? De- come on, man. Come on. Listen, this drives me crazy. Let's not even talk about that. Let's let's well, you let's dissect it. what no, just happened. Let's dissect it. this. She, uh, wait, when wait, I wait, when wait. I say that Healy's about to be elected governor, she took issue with so that. The next w- next why? governor. Why? I mean, that that's that's a bad vibes. I don't, I don't live in a hippie world. Uh, listen, man. I'm I mean, telling you right now, we're not going to talk about that because I think there's too much to talk about with what just went on. We're not going to talk about well, that. Why, why aren't we going to? Why we're not going to talk about things that are favorable to the candidate that you like? Well, no, she doesn't want to talk about a Healy's going to beat deal. I don't want to talk about deal well, or Healy. I want to talk about Paul. Well, look, we we could do that. But I, I want to hear your he thoughts. Just broke news that he now the question becomes, Marcus, how involved does Healy get in the race? Because not to not to, and I'm not I'm not poo pooing it, but. To get the endorsement of, of a fellow party member who's running for governor when you're running for sheriff, that's not a big deal. But the question becomes, does she now put the campaign resources of her campaign and team behind her own? How much does that endorsement that was something, mean? That's the, cause that was something I was, I was, uh, we were, we talked about very we early, about. earlier in the campaign because Maury Healy's obviously been an opponent of Sheriff Hodgson's. Actually, when we had Sheriff Hodgson on, he, he spent a great deal of time trashing Maury Healy. Yes. And so, um, if she, if she steps into this, this race, I think that's a big deal. So my question has always been what took her so long. Now, again, the, the Democrat primary just happened. Um, but now I want to see what she does, right? Because merely being with another Democrat is not... It's, it's interesting news, and I'm glad he broke it here on the program for us. But it's insignificant, or it could be major, right? It is what she does. Does she put her shoulder to the grindstone? Is she going to use, use a get-out-the-vote campaign? Does And here's the other thing, Marcus. Does she have a get-out-the-vote campaign or feel she needs one against Steele? Um. Yeah, uh, I feel like. Well, I don't think she. I think actually, she spent a lot of her time when she didn't have an opponent when uh, Chang Diaz uh, uh, pulled out, right? Basically, campaigning with Andrea Campbell, and yes. and that was effective. Uh, and, that's and, a good point. In, in down ballot Democrats like Chris Markey and, and uh, Bill Strauss, which again was also effective. So she doesn't have a real opponent now. No. So she might spend a lot of her time with down ballot races, maybe maybe even Rasan Hall in Plymouth County as well. So, Marcus, I think you're really onto something there. That that we can we can learn something from what she did in the primary, right? That we can learn something from what she did in the primary about what she might do in the general election. Now, again, as I said, and I think it's reasonable. I mean, Charlie Baker is endorsing and has endorsed Tom Hodgson. That's the Republican. You'd expect that. Yeah. The fact that Healy is endorsing Haru. Is is interesting, okay? I mean, I think it's pretty standard. But now the question is, where does it go from here? Yeah. Does she now turn on her phone lines for Haru? Does she try to run up her numbers in Bristol County to try to help Haru? Right. That is the question, right? Yeah. Because we know Jeff Deal can't do that. Right. He has no resources. Want to go to a caller? Yes. Hi, thanks for holding your life. Good evening, team. How you doing tonight? Hey, hey Tom. Tom. What's going on? Well, I, I, I got to believe that if the election was tonight, it would be a two-point uh, win one way or the other. And I think this is what, what is giving uh, so much uh, emphasis on the debate on WBSM on the 19th. I think that debate on the 19th is going to determine the entire election. I appreciate the stuff that. that's going to well, happen on TV will be hit or miss. 
uh, if there's enough listening audience on the 19th, whatever way that debate goes, and I'm glad it's you guys doing it because at least, you know, from what you've done so far with other candidates, it's been fair, it's been direct, it's been in-depth, and uh, uh, the reduction of name-calling and stuff like that goes out the window and we get to hear the truth as it rises to the top. So, you know, I know you guys are going to be prepared, and I'm certainly looking forward to all that. Uh, but after tonight, we got a race, that's for sure. We definitely have a race, uh, Tom. Um, we, what did you think of Haru? I mean, I know you've been watching this closely. Um, you know, you know Tom, he was in the city council, you were on the city council. I don't think you guys served together, but I don't recall. Um, but Haru's from the other part of the county. I don't know how well you know him or if you know him at all. What, what, what did you think of him tonight? Well, I, I thought you put him on the defensive. I don't know. Uh, you don't say. The, uh, <laughs> well, they, they, well, you know, <laughs> McCarthy's going to pounce any chance he gets. I do uh, it for the show, folks. Yeah, but don't forget, you did, yes. you, you did that when people were blasting Trump, too, but you seem to change your mind then, too. But uh, I think uh, one of the things I found very interesting, and, and, and I'll throw this out there just to kick it up a notch on some of the distortion that goes on out there, Maybe Mr. Bernie has been offered a job, you know, and, and uh, that, that could come into play. Uh, those kind of things where, you know, they take the gloves off and they start duking it out uh, is going to be really, really interesting. And, and frankly, it began tonight. I mean, uh, we can have fun with it, you know, because when I turned on the radio, Hodgson was saying he needed to expose himself. And I went, uh-oh. <laughs> is he yeah. talking about his time in the city council? <laughs> Remember that one? Uh, so, I mean, these kind of things can, can pop up and, and, and make the thing really exciting. And, and frankly, it's the only exciting race uh, up and down the ballot. Well, I agree uh, with you there, Tom. Sort of old yeah. school. Yeah. yeah. It really is the only interesting race. I mean, we have the Plymouth County District Attorney's race that is um, because they don't have a city Right in in, in in southern Plymouth County, <clears throat> we're not getting as much attention on it yet. But we're we're going to try to pivot our focus to that as well because we do think that's a competitive race over there for district attorney. It's a it's a t- very competitive race. A lot of money, a lot of interest from uh, people up and down the ticket on right. both on both parties. Right. Yeah. And the yeah, unfortunate part is, I think the Brockton media is dominant in that district. Right. Uh, right. So we're going to have to fill in that gap, market. Yes. If New Bedford was in it, we, we, we'd have another one going. But this is the only one we got. This is the only one we've uh, got, yeah. That's right. And, and uh, I'm glad you guys are, are doing what you're doing. I'm so glad that, uh, you know, the examples of how you treated candidates when they've come on the show in scenarios like this and the questions that you ask. Because it does get the public, if they would simply listen, <laughs> to understand what each individual is about. Well, look, so at congr- the end of the day, congratulations. John, thank you. There are major differences between these candidates. Agree. Yeah, one's and Democrat, I think we've got to. Well, now, but I mean, beyond that, and we've got to get them explaining that, right? I want Haru explaining what his difference is really from Tom, and I want Tom explaining his difference from Haru, and um, they they're all going to get their chances to talk about their own accomplishments. Haru has accomplishments. Tom Hodgson has accomplishments. But what are the differences? Let's talk about the differences because that's what's going to sharpen the race, Tom. One of the things I looked at. You know, because I'm in the street quite a bit. And I run into a lot of guys that have been incarcerated, you know, bumming money. And then you get to talk to them and say, well, I, I just got out of prison two months ago. I said, you know, isn't there a pre-release facility there or something like that? 
And don't they set you up at least with, with some type of income before they, they let you out? Now, if they don't do that, I think they should. I think every person about to be released uh, in the jail system, before they, they get out, at least get them on welfare or something. You just can't turn them onto the street with no income. And, and that seems to be a dilemma with, with a few people, actually, this summer that I ran into. You know, I said, aren't you getting welfare? I have no address. I said, did they set you up with that before you left? No, they, they sent me to Section 8, and I really didn't qualify for that yet. And it's like, wow. So these guys are coming out. They're on the street. They got no money. They got no place to live. And, and, and they're just bumming money. It's no wonder that they go back to their, their former behavior. So, so Tom, I mean, Tom, I agree with you in, in, in principle, what you're saying. I do think, though, that that's not a sheriff's issue. I know, it's, but it's a good time to bring it up. But that's a legislative issue, I think. I think the legislature has to make some changes if they, don't, if they haven't already. Um, because I've known some guys that have come out of jail in, in, in good condition, all right, financially. Uh, they right. went in. They went in. Better. They went in good condition. They made money while they're in. They're not doing anything illegal. They just they were able to hold on. Yeah. But most people do not come out of prison in good shape. Uh, yeah, most I of mean, them were in bad shape when they went into I mean, prison. But, too. but look what yeah. it does in, in the societal end. Yeah. Sooner or later, somebody's going to start breaking in. Somebody's going to start dealing drugs. How much would it cost simply to get somebody from the welfare office to to get these people signed up uh, before they're released? You know, it's like every 30 days you send a welfare work, worker up there to get these people signed up and explain to them how it works so that when they do step out, at least they get a, a, a starter check in their pocket, maybe even a potential uh, job interview. Because if they're coming out with no address, they got no chance. They got no chance. Also, it seems like, though, that how much can the sheriff really do? Well, how much that, more should he do? That's my point. The sheriff, regardless of if a rule becomes a sheriff, he can't do anything either. He doesn't have the money to do it. Mm. It's, it's really well, on the state. They have a pre-release program up there, don't they? I uh, think I've heard that. Pre-release yeah, pre-release. Program. Yeah. So while, while, right before they're released, sign them up. I don't know how difficult that is. You know it sounds I mean? like a good they, question they, they for they the sheriff. Address. It sounds like a question for the sheriff. Let's, you know, next time let's ask him what well, what are they doing? They I know that Naomi Connie works in the pre-release, the city councilor. Um as far as I knew, the pre-release had a lot to do, well she does, with with um they get him on the work cruise, things like that, getting him uh, acclimated to to getting up and going to work, things like that. Um I just don't know, Tom, what resources well, the well, legislature has a, has a, has a, has a, allotted to it. Well, if we're talking about like, I mean, you know, I did, I did bring this up to Hodgson. This is, we talked about this in the, in the ride here. It's not like great politics. It's policy wonk stuff. Right. Bristol County, according to the data from the the do uh, the the doc, has the highest recidivism rate in the whole in the whole state. Marcus, let me correct you there. The county does. Yeah, Bristol County, but not inmates at Bristol County. Those are inmates in the entire correctional system whose last address was Bristol County. So what's the, where's the distinguish? Where's the distinguishing? Uh, where, where so it, in other words, if you went to prison, you live in Fairhaven. Yeah, you would be on there as a Bristol yeah, but, County inmate. Okay, if you went to state prison. Okay, but yeah, but no, oh, that's that's how the figures. Work. I, I I get it, but that's a, a small percentage of, of of inmates go to go to state prison. Most of them are held at the House of Correction. 
But what I'm telling you is that you can you could have been sent to but you could have been sent to to Bellarica. right right because you committed a crime in in Middlesex I understand but you're from Fairhaven I understand but again again considering how small a number of of inmates are at uh, county jails as opposed to I mean at state prisons as opposed to county jails I'd wonder how much that's you know skewing the numbers caller I I'm gonna let you go we have Thanks, to go Tom. on a break appreciate Thanks, it. Tom. 1420 WB. It's always the show. It's the show. The show is master to the agenda. Off off air. The show is master to your political positions. (laughs) Exactly. It's always about the show. It's always about the show. Off air, Marcus said, Jess, you got that out of Paul that he got that endorsement. You did. You you broke statewide news. I said, I don't want to have a hand in any of that. You broke statewide news. And that's why I say, Jess, you're looking at it wrong. It's not about your personal agenda. It's about the show. It's about (laughs) the station. If I had broke that. Hodgson had gotten the endorsement of, let's say, President Trump or former President Bush. I right. would be very happy about yes. it. You yes, know? I don't it's good. know. It's good. It's a good development. It's all. Good. It's all about the show. It's all about the station. You want the audience to know when they tune in here. We're not wasting their time. They may have. They may not always happen. But any moment they could learn something, but they could happened. get something. New. No, Early it will always sh- happen. So Earlier in, <laughs> Earlier in the show, we were talking about like Never turn what the station radio. is like and what right. it does, and then here we are. We manifested that. That's we spoke it into existence. We did, that, and then here we are. That's the culture <laughs> manifesting greatness. Manifest destiny. <laughs> no. Up next Not we attack destiny. Cuba. Up next we attack Cuba. Can we? Can we? Since I didn't get my Sorry, answer, Raphael, but we're since I didn't get my answer, what do you think? Do you think that Paul is regretful over his statement? He said he had other people cultivate it, but it ultimately falls on he, him. I think he made it pretty clear that he was. Regretful. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that he realized he took responsibility. It was a blunder. Um, it's. Is it a blunder or is it I'd rather ask for forgiveness than ask for permission? Well, type look, situation. he got a news story out of it, which is something he needs. Well, so in that respect, it's not a screw up. I mean, he got attention. You know what I, I always tell? Tell well, you know this, Justin. First time or new candidates of which he's not, but when you're running, churn out press releases. Mm-hmm. Turn out press releases. Get the media accustomed to who you are. They, they might not. They're not going to print a press release from a nobody, but if. After enough press releases, you're no more nobody. You've convinced the media you're a somebody. So for Haru, he deserves credit for that, right? To be turning out, even if the press release is wrong, he got attention. He got a day, he got an hour on the radio. Well, He's not buying ads here, so he needed that hour. Um, he got a, he got Tim Nisi, Ted Nisi and, uh, involved in the story. Yeah. So, I mean... The Lisa Kaczynski. Lisa Kaczynski. I mean, yeah, every, it, I mean, it was it was on master list as, as well. Uh, the State House News Service and his own newsletter. Sorry, yeah. What's most important in a campaign is to motivate your own support. And, and you and you talked about can you coalesce a co- uh, people who voted for Nick Bernier? Now right. I don't think Nick Bernier is a you know a, um, a, a cult of personality. Um, but if there's one way to get people from another supporters from another candidate in your own party, it's getting the endorsement of the people who are leading that party. How many votes did Nick get in the primary? Come Do on, you nerd. remember? I'm, I, you Come know on, I'm a nerd. numbers girl. What if I give you numbers? But what I'm saying, I, I think let's got, just I say. I think he got 33 percent, or 33 or 32 percent yeah. to Paul's 41 or 42. I mean, if you move all those number numbers over to Tom, I mean, but that won't happen. So generally speaking, that won't happen. generally speaking, Democrats stay with Democrats, Republicans stay with Republicans. Yeah, um, unless something dramatic happens. The yeah. one thing I'm noticing, and I I I, I take Paul at his word. Maybe to my detriment, but I do that he's not looking for endorsements and doesn't really care if he gets them. 
Um, you think he just offhandedly mentioned that Maura Healy He did, endorsed, he did, he endorsed, did because you solicited the question. He I, wasn't going to say I it hear otherwise. I what you're saying, but... You, you broke the news. <laughs> oh, you broke the news. I, I, I'm going to be honest you with you. The news. I believe yeah, you someone who has won this many elections is far more politically savvy than he's allowing himself to be portrayed in this show right now. That man knows how to win campaigns. Everything is very well thought out. He knew exactly what that press release was about. He knew what he was doing he's telling us he had other people cultivate it it does fall on him he is a so micromanager think- he's knocking on eleven thousand doors he's that meticulous that he's not going to vet a press release with a statement. Oh, no, he, said he, did. Statement. he said he did well but i mean it's, so you it's think deliberate. he released so you think he deliberately released a clumsily worded press well, listen, uh, that's, presser but, but just your point marcus the he the did. reason I got so angry with him about the Confederate tie thing is that That's I do believe that he knows better, and he's just using a horrible, horrible canard, which I think is going to impact Tom's family negatively. And I think that if Haru thought about it, he probably wouldn't have sent it out. He can't be that desperate to win this election. Has anybody seen this tie? It was news. Yeah, it was news. Uh, I remember it was news a couple of years ago. I think we did a story but on so it. So was also the news. We, we where... actually did this. We, we did a story on it. So, so I think was we did the, the news... story on someone complaining about it. So so was yes. the news that Paul was at a forum. The, the original and... manufacturing of the, the story. The, the, we original, on. the original story was like from I'm somebody else, house. but we ran a story here. It's like my, we we it's ran like a house. story on the manufactured story of Tom's political enemies. And the fact that, look. The voters at home are not going to vote for Haru because he outed Tom as a Confederate soldier. I mean, it's ludicrous. And that's, I guess, just to your point, when you said he's meticulous, he's a very bright guy. I agree with all that. And so when he when he sent out that press release accusing the, the sheriff of wearing a racist Confederate tie, it's so ludicrous. It's so disrespectful to the brain power of our voters. Here so why County. is he making an educated choice to do it then? What is he thinking he's getting out he's of it? He's got polling data on it. He we must. know he does because he we, polled us. Yeah, he polled he polled me while I, he polled me while I was in the car with him. Uh, actually, on the way to um, on the way to the show, um, so he's got polling data on it. So mm-hmm. some people, some people, whoever he polled, it must have they must have got the numbers on it, and it must have been positive in the direction that he wanted to project that. I assure you, Jessica, if you saw this tie. You'll say, oh, my God, my husband has the same tie. My dad has the same tie. Wow. It's ridiculous. It's red. <laughs> I mean, you've kidding. seen it, right? I'm kidding, yeah. I mean, if you, if you could accuse someone I, who has a red, white, and blue tie, that that's a Confederate battle flag tie, you, you're insane. It, I'm it, sorry. It could, right? have, it, it could have been the case and been incidental, too. Like, it could have been the case that that was designed by somebody who did that for, like, some sort of Confederate well, group, and that could have been incidental. You mean, like, Robert E. Lee designed Fort Tabor? We're not going to blow that up. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a... Yeah, I but mean, he designed he, Fort Tabor when he was working for the Union. But, well, we, we still have to burn it down, Marcus. The, uh, <laughs> but my point being is that we have real issues here. Right. The tie, folks... Let me tell you something. If if he if you if you give me more than a tie, I can't. He can't be basing his campaign on a tie. I can't. People's future are in your hands, Haru, and you're going, man, with a tie. Yeah. Come on. Well, I think what he's saying is the tie speaks to an ideology. But it doesn't, Marcus. I saw yes, you wearing patriotism. A, a red, white, and blue tie. We I have know. to take a break, you guys. We'll be right Marcus, back. Marcus, I have after a picture this. of you wearing a red, white, and blue tie. I have it. <laughs> 1420 WBS. Welcome back. Hi. Hi. So, Jess, what are you doing tomorrow on your show? 
Um, I'm, I'm probably going to focus a lot on the um, auditor situation with Amore. Okay. I'm going to bring yeah. a little bit more to the table about this write-in candidate, um, uh, tear apart Jim Lyons a little bit for fun. Um, and honestly, just talk about like you know what's going on in the Republican Party. You can talk about the news you broke. I will about, not about talk Paul about. Nope, you broke the news. You 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 solicited uh, statewide news I'm to not be a broken on this program. Like you guys, I'm well, I'm just doing. You're this becoming for fun. one, I think. So I'll tell you what I think is going to be interesting is <clears throat> Charlie Baker has already inserted his beak in the water here a little bit. He endorsed Tom. He, he came to his fundraiser. <clears throat> I wonder if Charlie Baker will get a little more involved down here. Tom has been very good, and Charlie, they've had a good, very good relationship. Um, that, I think, could be crucial. But the problem is that it's not Charlie Baker on the ballot. It's Jeff Deal. Yeah. And um, I've been honest with the, with the listening audience here. The top of the ticket carries the, carries the ballot. When all I'm envisioning right now, and not to depress the troops, but I was around in 96, when we had a guy named Bob Dole, a great American, a war hero, Bob and all Dole. the rest. Bob Dole Bob ran Dole. so bad behind Bob Clinton. Dole. Behind Clinton. <laughs> so we lost like. Republican Congressman Blute from Forever and Republican Congressman Torkelson. And, and, Jim, and Jim McGovern's uh, still there, actually. And right? what a difference. Um, did I say his name right? Yeah, you did. Okay. Do you want to take a quick call? You were, thinking, have George, a you were thinking George McGovern because you wanted him to uh, win. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. In, in Caller, 70, you've in got about 30 seconds. Hi. Yes, hi. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, did anyone ask that why Haru uh, designs his signs the exact same way that Hotchard does? And what colors are the Haru signs? I don't, think they're, I don't think they're the same. I don't they're, think they're, they're red, the white, same. They're red, the white, and blue. They look, they look pretty similar. The sheriff signs have they're his photo. Similar. Well, no. The sheriff signs have his photo on them. But, not all but, of them. But Haru no, does no. have Confederate Not all of them. The, the new blue signs have his photo on them. Not the original signs. The original signs. The new, one, the new ones do. Well, imitation is the Correct. best form of flattery. Yeah, I think most people do red, white, and blue in their signs. Hey, we've got uh, we've got um, on Monday we've got uh, Paul Schmidt and we've got Andrea Campbell calling yes. in. So stay tuned for that and stay tuned for Jess's show. Uh, thank you so much. Jess. Have a great we night. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jess. Guys, thank you.